The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. I'm your host. Goodness gracious. I am your host, JJ, joined as always by the man with the plan, Keith McPherson. It's about four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, so if the world ends Tuesday night, we didn't cover it. Keith, how you doing today on this Tuesday? Yo, dude, I'm all right. Um... I know you said when I first uh, got on the mic, I sounded down. I was like on Twitter um, looking at, you know, them talking about the Reds Pirates brawl and uh, the Red Sox celebrating their um, championship. But we'll, we'll get into it in the podcast. How you feel? I expected you to be like full Coachella mode. I thought you'd be wearing like one of those, um, like, I don't know what, it's almost like a halo with like feathers. Uh, like the flower girl, yeah. the, the headdress. Or yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Coachella is I, I can't believe that it's actually Coachella week. I leave tomorrow, and there's so many things that I've just been doing to, like, prep and prepare. Now it doesn't even seem real. It doesn't even seem like I'm going. So I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about baseball on the pod. Let me – well, I, before we dive into baseball, I have a couple co- – I have some Coachella questions. Because okay. I would I would never. I would just – I I like, the idea <laughs> Why of, not? You got to do it once. Because, like, it's not right outside the hotel. Like, that's where, like, what are your, where, what are your sleeping arrangements? So, um, last year I had a Coachella house with complete strangers from Washington, New Zealand, uh, Oakland. Like, I don't know, literally met these kids on Facebook in the Coachella Reddit group. And that was your, year. and that was your first Coachella. That was my first Coachella. This year, it's just myself, my girl, my sister. We're staying at a hotel that's right by the Polo Grounds. It's like Indian Palm Springs Resort or something like that. And uh, we're just going to walk to the festival. Okay, so you're walking distance. Yeah, we're walking distance. I mean, the thing about Coachella is everyone walks because the Ubers and the traffic get ridiculous. So even if you're my my house last year, my Coachella house last year was 45 minutes out. And I did that walk three nights in a row after walking through the whole festival all day. Like it was a 45 minute walk at the end of what? A 45 minute walk at like 1245 in the morning. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it's just I guess like what you're describing isn't as bad. I thought it was everything's very far away. Or, and you have to like do the Uber's traffic and then have essentially probably a half hour, 45 minute walk from wherever Uber's For most people it is, like, for most people it is. La Quinta, Coachella, Indio, and I think there's one other town. Those are the surrounding like cities that everyone stays in. And for the most part, people do have to commute or take an Uber and and it's not walking distance. I thought I was close 2.3 miles last year. We were away from the... Polo grounds, and it was a forty-five minute to an hour walk in the like dust and dirt of the desert. But um, I would need like yeah, I, this year I we're closer. Just want the ability to be able to like go home at some point. Like if I want to go home and change my clothes, use my own bathroom, like 
And it sounds like nah. you at least have that. Like, if you just need well, a break, you get exhausted. Because it's a couple days, you get exhausted over time. Maybe you need a break for an hour or two. There is a whole group of people that camp, and there's, like, the camping grounds. That's which... what I thought everyone does. I have friends who've done music festivals, and they're like, yeah, I just don't, like, shower all weekend. Or I have these big wet wipes, and I'm just like... That's not, yeah, yeah. that's not for me. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm going to, I'm going to have, like, two outfits a day. Um, I need to be in the hotel to shower maybe twice a day. And I, I want to do it right. I'm shooting video content. I'm meeting people. I'm talking to people. I'm documenting the whole time. So I can't be not showering and sleeping in the camping grounds. But I mean, I'm just big glad up to, to the hear people that. that do that. That's fine. No, don't big up those people. Be better. Be better for yourselves. <laughs> um, I'm just glad that I'm not doing a podcast with a, a campground guy. Oh, that'd be right. No, nah, I mean, I, I've only gone. This is my second year. I think this is going to be my sister's fourth or fifth year. And she's always told me from the from the jump, got to get VIP, got to get a a crib that's like less than an hour from the festival walking distance. That's great. Uh, that's really just great big sistering. You know, she's not trying to help you take shortcuts. She's like, let's yeah, just do she's, this. Right. She's younger than me, but she might as well oh, be my well, big sister. Ah, whatever. <laughs> she's a good sister. Uh, yeah, she's great. She knows a lot more than me. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining our weekly Coachella podcast. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at George's Box Pod on Instagram too. I think we have two posts out there, uh, but we'll be getting that ramped up when Coachella season's over. You can follow Keith at Keith underscore McPherson. You could follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter, on Instagram. But at the end of the day, this is a Yankees podcast. Uh, so let's talk a little Yankees. When we let's. when we sat down and talked a week ago, we had. A terrible record. We were losing to the Orioles. We we're losing to the Tigers. We've now clawed our way back, and unfortunately, last night blew a game. But we're back to being a 500 team. Um, I would say that if you told me the injuries that we have, that they were going to pile up, and that you know, 10 games in the season would be a 500 team, I wouldn't be that upset about it. And I'm not that upset right now. How do you feel about where we currently stand as a team? We're a 500 ball club right now, and we're better than a 500 ball club right now. I think 5-5 five and five for the first 10 games is okay. When you look at all of our injuries and you look at um, some of the tough breaks we've had early in the season, you, my friend, put the hex on Troy Tulowitzki last episode. How do you feel about that, Colin? You're like, well, Troy Tulowitzki hasn't gotten hurt, and then right after, he strains his calf. Yeah, I mean, it was bound to happen. That's not me. That's father time, you know? <laughs> and, you know, a, a sad thing is because I don't really know an update on, like, where he stands. You know, it says he could be out for a while. There was a point when that happened. As soon as they were like, oh, you know, he's out of the game, uh, calf, you're like, all right, hopefully it's just tight. But then you saw the tweets like, he's going to the hospital. Like, the game's not yeah. over, and he's going to the hospital. We may have, and I hope we have not, but we may have seen the end of Troy Tulowitzki's career. I don't even want to speak on that. That would suck. I, I mean, I've, I've been a, a Troy Tulowitzki fan since I've known of him. Uh, I was really rooting for him to come out and hold it down until Didi came back. But if this is it, you know, the guy can't stay healthy. It, it, it might just be another message that, you know, it's time to hang it up. But either way, I, I feel like we're fine. I feel like, you know, this team battled back. That adversity I was talking about last week hit, and we responded to it. We got to see what some guys can do. Glaber going to short. I think that put some uh, spark into him and his game. His back came alive. And then you got Clint Frazier coming up. Um Man, those two, the, the hype is real. I was cautioning people to stay away from the hype train and don't buy into all the hype as we were going into the season. And I was saying, you know, the one thing that could stop this team is injuries, but the hype with, with Clint Frazier and Glaber Torres is real. These guys we've heard about for the last few years from Glaber with the, uh, you know, winning the Arizona Fall League MVP and Clint Frazier being the, like, number five overall pick or something like that and the bat speed and all this stuff. I'm happy to have those guys in pinstripes. Um, I'm pumped to see the rest of their careers, but really like what they can do to carry this team right now. And then obviously Gary went off. Um, I don't know who, who, who was your favorite to watch? Uh, DJ LeMay, who balled out in these last couple games when we need him. Judge finally uh, started looking like Judge again. So, I mean, if, if we really look at it as a whole, from the last time we spoke, we lost two to the Tigers, 
We swept Baltimore. And with that, the Yankees won eight straight games at Camden Yards. It's tied for the third uh, longest streak for a visiting team in that stadium's history. Um, and the Yankees have also homered in 14 straight games uh, at Camden Yards, which is the fifth longest streak by a visiting opponent. Um, so it's a, it was an exciting time. We then, obviously, we lost last night's game to Houston, which we'll talk about. But kind of watching these guys go off, I mean, seeing – I'm a Clint Frazier guy. I've been a Clint Frazier guy since we traded for him. I was a Clint Frazier guy before he was with the Yankees. Um, helped make an introduction between him and Mike Studd, and he ended up on Mike Studd's TV show. Um, yeah. Clint has hit three home runs. He's got a 429 batting average. And he's tied for the team lead with nine RBIs since being called up. So mm-hmm. to see him go off was, is great because it's a, almost a validation of believing this guy. When I was with Barstool and people would want to criticize him, I, I defended Clint Frazier because uh, he's just – there's too much talent for it to just not pan out. He's not going to be, you know, uh, one of these flash-in-the-pan guys who gets drafted and nothing happens from him. At the same time – Watching Gary Sanchez go off and hit bomb after bomb after bomb is exciting when you think of kind of the arc of his career coming in. First, there was Gary Sanchez, the 16-year-old that we signed. And then Mm -hmm. it hit a point where we heard Gary Sanchez for so long, and it took so long for him to get to the majors. I didn't think he was real. I was like, there's no way this is a real person because he'd be in the major leagues by now. And then to have that, you know... I think should have been rookie of the year season in only a handful of games and then to slump and now to come back and uh, really start firing on all cylinders offensively. The defense is still a struggle. Um, He's uncharacteristically making throwing errors, which I think that's going to, unless he gets himself in the yips, uh, that's going to straighten itself out. I'm excited to see those two guys um, really deliver. And, you know, at the same time, you know, Judge is still doing his thing. DJ LeMahieu is casually batting 375, and <laughs> he's doing That's it sick. all over the lineup. He, we, we want to bat him last, he'll do it. We want to bat him first, he'll do it. Um, he's showing us flexibility and a level of humility by even signing the deal that he took when he could have gone and been a starter guaranteed somewhere else um, that I think is a big contributing factor to teams that end up winning championships. Yeah, and you have to—I mean, you have to give a shout out to uh, the cash guy, and uh, shout out to R Biggs twenty four. He said, "I shout t- shout too many people out." My girlfriend read the reviews, and she's like, "Someone said you give out give out too many shout outs." I'm like, "Well, that's just the way that I talk." But shout out to Cashman. When you think about how we got Glaber Torres, how we got Clint Frazier, and then how we got DJ Lemayhu, like, and then you see these guys put in the work and ball out and lead the team. It's like, wow, we are happy to have them in New York. And with Gary Sanchez, like you said about him being 16 and we first heard of him, it's been a long time. And, uh, in this last weekend, he looked like he looked in his rookie season, hitting bombs, multiple bombs. And that just swing is ridiculous, man. When he, when he hits them, they stay hit. We've got the guys. Now, when you think about the guys we're missing, plus these guys that are stepping up right now, you got to be optimistic. You got to be pumped for the rest of the season. Now I know we got some bad news about Sevy. Um, I'm not sure where you know Hicks is. Um, Cece is close. Ellsbury. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't even know what Ellsbury is. But I'm looking forward to this team competing and playing the rest of the year at five and five, 500 ball club. We're all right, man. I was looking at the standings earlier and like the cubs are three and seven you picked them to win the world series that's your world no, series I pick I, there. I didn't pick them to win the world series i picked them oh to no lose you picked the them world. to go to the world I series them to lose obviously the world series. obviously we pick us to win the world series um but the cubs are struggling then you got the red Sox on right now they're they're down i think they were down five two when i last checked at home accepting their rings so there's still a lot to be determined in major league baseball there's still a lot that's going to happen but i feel good about where we are with the yankees it's not it's not so much doom and gloom right now um, how, how's your, uh, like on a scale of one to a hundred, how's that feeling now? I know you're at zero. I was, at, are you still at a zero? I was at zero and I'm still at zero. Um, actually if there was less than zero in terms of concern, like I'm trying to plan, I guess I got to take PTO for the parade 
But then I, I should just take the next day off because I'm going to be hammered drunk at this parade. <laughs> hammered drunk. We'll see you at the parade. Yeah, we will. We will see you at the parade. Um, I, it's just like, yes. All right. So we've got CeCe. He's getting close. Uh, he may start Saturday or Sunday. It's a matter of I think it'll shake out how the bullpen looks as we get through the rest of this week because CeCe at most is going to give us like five innings because he's still getting stretched out. But, um, you know, it looks like we're going to see him again. He did just have, you know, he threw four and two-thirds innings in a single-A game. Uh, you know, Saturday or Sunday could be good. He allowed one run, one hit, had a walk, struck out six. And, you know, the difference between single-A players and major league players, you know, there, there's a huge difference there. But at the same time, we're talking about a guy who's been in this league for a long time, knows how to get people out. And so you add him into the mix – Yes, Seve is going to get an MRI. That's not good. You know, he's supposed to start a throwing program. There was a little bit of debate over the comments that were made by the team of, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we get him to the point where he wants to be on the mound. There were some people saying, you know, are they pushing him? But I took it the other way of the franchise saying, listen, we made an investment in this guy. We want him to be comfortable. And, you know, I think a lot of guys maybe would have tried to pitch through whatever he has going on right now. But... He's being smart about it. Let's get the MRI. As long as he doesn't need season-ending surgery, he comes back in another month. Like, I'm fine with it. Same. I'm fine with it, too. No rush. When I saw the news, I'm like, Severino. But then I thought about it. We're, we're okay. Uh, Mingo, Domingo Herman has looked look good. Tanaka, shout-out to Tanaka. There's another shout-out for the people that said I do too many shout-outs. Tanaka has looked like our ace. Uh I've got a Tanaka jersey. I've got a Tanaka, does it Tanaka his, player. Does it tee. have his name on the back? No, nah, it's an authentic jersey. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's it's a it's an authentic jersey. The authentic jerseys don't come with the names on the back. Good. But uh, I'm I'm repping for him. Number 19 in the year 2019. He he's looked good. We kind of wasted one last night. Um, he pitched a gem. You know, a couple bullpen moves. Uh, out of Vino, you can't expect out of Vino to you know pitch as perfect as he's been but uh last night we kind of I don't know we kind of made that move to the bullpen and lost that game it was competitive it's a competitive L but you got to put up more than three runs to beat the Astros in their place so I feel like they they stole that one off our bullpen so I saw the idea that you know you got to leave Tanaka in in the seventh he can't go to this bullpen and uh, a lot of people said that I personally disagree I think we have seen over the time over time um Tanaka start off hot at times, and then he gets kind of worn out. I don't know if his body, you know, it's always been a thing kind of with Japanese pitchers of instead of pitching once a week, moving to every five days, even with the idea of CC coming back, instead of bumping someone out of the rotation, we can give Tanaka an extra day. So this early in the season with a guy who's, he's got the elbow. The elbow is still out there. You can't ever forget he's got a tear in his elbow. I'm fine with going to this bullpen that we built to win these games. Unfortunately, they didn't. Um, there, you know, there were hits given up. Um, and then Adovino, uh, he blew this game, but he stood there and he stood in his locker and said, I should have had better awareness of where the ball was hit, where the runner was on third. It was a, yeah. a mental error. And I'll always take physical errors over mental errors, but to stand there and to own it, to not make an excuse for it, to just say, I should have known where the, you know, it was kind of in no man's land, but I should have known where the runner was at third, and I should have tried to make a play. That's a guy who's, you know, wanted to be a Yankee for a long time, standing there owning it. Right. You know, I'll take that over a lot of the other excuses we've seen over the years, over, you know, Sonny Gray feeling like he threw the ball well. Sonny Gray. The sooner we can forget about Sonny Gray ever being a Yankee, the better. But, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the accountability from Adam Adovino, New York guy, like you said, dream to be a Yankee. He knows he's going to get the New York media in his face after that. And, and he stood up and he, and he was accountable and he said exactly what was going on. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for this game tonight. Uh, I, th I think we'll bounce back. I think we had him. I loved, I loved that, that shot that uh, Judge hit off of Verlander. And it, it just, like, it went out to right and he kind of, like, stared at the crowd and then when he touched home plate he like looked into the Astros dugout like that's the type of stuff baseball needs that's the type of stuff I want to see as a Yankee fan like if that's the leader of our team 
um, future Yankee captain, face of, of baseball type of guy. Like, I want to see him compete. And I wanted to see us compete last night. And we did. It was a very competitive game against better competition. And that L doesn't hurt as much as, you know, a struggling L against the Orioles at home or the Tigers at home. And the Tigers are actually in first. Um, now that, you know, we've got a couple games and we can look at things. We lost that series to the Tigers, and they're in, fir- in first in the Central. So oh, the Tigers are terrible. They're going to end up. That water finds its level. They're going right. to stink. It's 10 games, 10 games yeah. into the season. Looking at it, they have seven wins. Yeah, we caught their, we caught their hot you know, their hot first 11 games. Um, I think they're, they're a garbage team that's going to uh, sink to the bottom. Uh, one thing that I, I do honestly have concern about, and it's another reason why I love what Clint's been doing, because Clint does have his three home runs, but – He's been getting RBIs from getting base hits. Um, in the game on Sunday, he kind of he broke a streak of I think it was like 18 straight runs have all been from the home run. Do you have any concern around the fact that as a team we're really we're relying on the long ball? Um, you know, really. Of course, to win? it's it's the same as last year. You live and you die by it. If we, I mean, I hate to bring up the Red Sox, but it, but last year watching the Red Sox. They got guys on base. They got those guys in any way they could get them in. And that's why they won games. And there are going to be competitive games like last night where you need to get these runs in. If you get runners on base, you can't expect there to be a two-run shot, a three-run shot, a grand slam. Like, you know, these math nerds and these sabermetrics guys know the analytics on that. It's just not going to happen. So we, I don't know. I can appreciate a Clint Frazier, a DJ LeMahieu. Guys coming up, getting base knocks, even Judge, you know, to start off the season, like a couple knocks here. It doesn't have to be the home run ball. And I also can appreciate guys looking to, you know, make a, you know, just hit a slap single versus swinging for the fence and you tear your bicep like Giancarlo. Um, not to throw him under the bus, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I think even last year we saw with Didi. I mean, in April last year, Didi Gregorius was the greatest baseball player in the history of the game. Um, and he, he had some unexpected power early on. And I think you can get caught up in that power. And if you're surrounded by all that power that that lineup has, it's very easy to be like, well, we got, it's only 314. Let's just pop one out here and you get yourself in trouble. So I do like to see that um, guys who come in, like you said, LeMayhew, who, you know, he's won a batting title before. That's a guy who gets on base and he's sticking to, to what he does. You know, it's always been a problem for guys who go to the Red Sox or even when you go and play in Fenway, uh, you know, just trying to pop it over this, the green monster. It can impact your batting average and, you know, opportunity to get on base. And I'm sure some sabermetrics guys thinking, well, batting average doesn't matter. Well, guess what? You don't work for a baseball team. You're just a nerd with a calculator, so shut up. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, so if these guys just stick to their game, they'll figure it out. And, you know, Judge's game is a lot of home runs, but it's a lot of gap power. Um, Clint has a lot of pop in his bat, but let him get on base and let him run. The guy's young. Let's yeah. let's get those legs going, um, and you know, obviously, Gleiber, he he's getting his, he's just got this power surge that you know, hey, we'll take right now. But you know, I'd really like to see him, you know, level out that swing, some more line drives. Yeah, he's seeing the ball well. He's he's putting it out, and I, I mean, I'll take it. But I also want to see us just be more well rounded, uh, and some other guys got to got to step up. I think I think Voigt struggled a little bit. We've seen Bird strike out three times yesterday or the day was it last night? Yeah. Um, you know, we we need to be more well-rounded as a team hitting the ball, extra base hits, uh singles, whatever it takes. I think it needs to happen now. Um we need to focus on it now and in the beginning of the season, right? We went through this adversity, lost the first two series, dealt with injuries. Now we need to like perfect our game and perfect that lineup. But hey, it's early. It's it's April 9th. So I think we both feel pretty good about where the season's going. We both feel good about our position on parade day. Let's do a- No, it's April 10th. It's April 10th. Oh, today. Yes, today is April 10th. No, today's <laughs> April 9th. See, I just like no, looked today's at the April calendar. 9th. The show comes out today's on April 10th. Today's the 9th? 10th. Yep. Oh, uh, see, so yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm burnt. I don't know what day it is ever. So to do a little housekeeping, if you're listening to the show, you're listening to it on the George's Box feed on wherever you get your podcasts. We were on the Bronx Pinstripes feed for a couple. Um, Keith, let's play a little uh, let's play a little math game. Let's say hypothetically, last year, last week, ten thousand people listened to our show. We would have okay. ten thousand listeners, right? 
Okay. And that's just a made-up number, which is actually significantly less than actually listens. So thank you, everyone who listens. Yeah, nobody listens to this. But if, let's say those 10,000 people each told one friend about this show, went out there, found a Yankee fan friend, and said, hey, you got to check out George's box. If every 10,000 of them found one other person, how many listeners would we have? 300,000. No, it would be 20,000. But I was close. The important close. thing is, everyone who's listening to this, we appreciate you listening. If you can go out there, tell one friend about this show. Tell them to give us a shot. Tell them to listen. It'll help double the audience. We'll ask every couple weeks to do that so we can double the audience, get some ads, and pay for all the flowers that uh, Keith here is going to be wearing his hair all weekend at Coachella. Those flowers aren't Coachella, free. oh my God. No, but seriously... If you listen to podcasts, how many other podcasts do you listen to? How many other baseball podcasts do you listen to? How many other Yankees podcasts do you listen to? You definitely don't listen to any podcasts, any other podcasts like this one. So why not tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend? So this thing grows and multiplies. And when I come back from Coachella with my flowers and my sundress, I'm going to start pulling up to Yankee Stadium with JJ we're going to shoot some content, some man-on-the-street stuff. We want to meet people. We want to talk to the people that listen to us every week, see what you guys think, and get some takes from you and build this thing. But most importantly, tell a friend about the podcast. Retweet if you see us tweet about it. Uh, rate, subscribe, uh, because last week you got us to number nine in the world for sports yeah, and recreation, crazy. which is awesome. It's very humbling. We appreciate the support. Now let's talk a little more baseball. Um, so with CC Sabathia coming back this weekend, I think it changes the way our rotation looks. I think it changes the way our bullpen looks because, uh, we will likely see someone move out of the rotation, whether it's Johnny Lasagna or, um, or Mingo out to the bullpen to then really stretch out an arm as, you know, maybe someone gets eliminated early, you know, from a game. Sevy, it looks like it's going to be some time. Hopefully, it's only a month. Hopefully, it's only, you know, not a season-ending injury. But at the same time, we've talked about those guys. When we look at the actual lineup, we haven't heard anything of Aaron Hicks. We're not, he's not doing baseball activities. We don't really know where he stands. But Miguel Andujar is going to try to push through this. Um, he's starting to take some infield. Um, he's with the team. He's starting to, you know, see what his arm looks like. Are you, are you concerned about the Andujar um, injury? I mean, obviously, we'd rather have the guy who almost won Rookie of the Year last year in the lineup. But at the same time, we're getting by all right. And if he just needs some more time to rehab instead of having a surgery, I feel comfortable with that setup. Yeah, I'm fine with it. DJLM, great insurance plan. Shout out to Cashman again. I think we're all right. Uh, I, I obviously want to see the you know rookie of the year runner up on our team swinging the bat. We definitely need that that bat in our lineup. But hey, it is what it is. We we literally know that this is going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to get hurt. I'm glad there's no surgery right now, but we can't rush anything. Piece by piece, this puzzle will come together. We will be whole. We will be ready when it's time to really compete um, later on in the season. Right now. We're still feeling things out, figuring things out. Don't rush anybody back. We've got guys. The fact that we're winning without these guys is great. I'm not worried. My, I think my 20% worry from last week went down to zero after a couple of wins and seeing us put up 15 runs the other day. Like We're all right, man. We'll be just fine. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to punch through. I'd like to see us you know, score more runs on doubles, singles, maybe a triple here and there. But I'll take the home runs. They're exciting. Uh, being in Baltimore on Saturday when Clint hit that home run was amazing. I mean, it cleared the place yeah. out because Orioles fans were feeling very good late in that game, uh, especially a night Saturday game. Everyone had been drinking, including me. If you follow Bronx Pinstripes on Instagram, uh, you <laughs> saw that. But that was great, by the way. I, I highly enjoyed your uh, post-game speech that you did on the like IG Live. Wait till you see stadium meets from down there. Um, we had So I went down there. We had a couple of other Bronx Pinstripes writers there. Um, we had Colleen, who organizes all the meetups on the back end. Um, and then a lot of people, the D.C. chapter was out there. The Philly chapter was out there. Just a lot of other readers. A lot of people used to read me at Barstool, who now came over and, and uh, you know, checked stuff out over here. We had a good group of people. It was very exciting. Um, 
it's just so great to be around all the like Yankee fan energy. I'm really looking forward to this Saturday at the dugout. Um, if you don't have tickets through us, but you have tickets to the game, we're going to be at the dugout starting at like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. We'll be hanging out out in section 205. Come hang out, say what's up, come have a beer. Um, it, it's going to be a great time. I guess this is probably a good time to address, I think, the Bronx Pinstripes elephant in the room. Okay. Last week, we had a, a listener tweet and say, who would win a fight between us and the Bronx Pinstripe show? Now, credit to you, you have tried to remove yourself from this. You have gone <laughs> along the lines that maybe saying that you could beat up your boss is a bad idea. Yeah, no smoke. I I'm good with, with Scott. And I respect that. And I like Scott and Andrew. But... I laid out and I said, listen, if we were to, you know, divvy this up, I think having you who works out all the time go with Scott would probably be good. Also because Scott has uh, dad energy. You could see it in his eyes. He's seen some shit, you know, down there at ODU. Who knows what he's done in his life. Down there at ODU. You could tell he's a guy. You could tell Scott's the kind of guy who uses his chin in a fight. Like, he'll get you. He's got that pointy chin. I wasn't trying to mess with him. Now... Scott and Andrew listened to the show, and then they responded. And Scott said everything that I said was perfectly on the mark. You heard it as well, right? Mm -hmm. Said, I nailed it. Now, Andrew, I said, if it came down to me and him, does he have the length? Maybe. Do I have the size? Definitely. Do I have that just like that Bronx in me? Yes. Now, the response that we got from Andrew was, I don't know what I'm talking about because Scott's got a Jewish mother. And that's why if it came down to a fight between me and Andrew, he's got that Jewish mother in him. Andrew's got a Jewish mother. Yeah. yeah. He said uh, growing up with the, the Jewish mother, you know, must have, I don't know, did something to him. I, I That missed me. I, I didn't know that growing up with a Jewish mother made you more of a fighter. It does not make you more of a fighter is my next point. Does it make you tougher? <laughs> have you gone through some stuff? Do you have an emotional scab? Yes, you definitely do. But I'm an Irish guy from the Bronx. The day I lose to a Jewish guy from probably the Jewish guy from Rhode Island <laughs> is the, the day one. that Fat Joe starts doing Nutrisystem commercials. Get out of <laughs> here, Andrew. You're not going to beat me in a fight because you didn't like the suit your mom picked out for your bar mitzvah. You're out of your mind if you think you're going to beat me in a fight. But, dude, you know you have to see him on Saturday. Yeah, I do. I know I have to see him on Saturday. And I know that he has to go to an engagement party after, so he can't get too drunk. So <laughs> maybe I pop off. And I'll tell you what. Listen, I love Andrew. I don't want to fight Andrew. If I had to fight him, yeah, if we could find like a thing with those sumo suits or something, I think we're going to end up with a Bronx pinstripes outing. This is going to come down to me and Andrew in some kind of physical competition, like an MTV The Challenge-esque situation but listen i just i'm not gonna hear it that a jewish mother's like gonna channel through him to beat me in a fight not gonna happen it's just not realistic yeah no nah, that's not really a thing and if saturday in the bronx you're not losing on bronx soil i'm not losing on bronx. i was in i'll tell you what a little behind the scenes here there were some bronx pinstripes people at the game on uh, saturday i open hand smacked one in the mouth i've already hit someone who writes for bronx pinstripes in the face <laughs> Someone made a little, tried to make a little joke to my, mom, to my wife before that sentence was finished. Smack to the face. Right in right field, that whole pavilion. It was loud. All right? So I give a look. Bronx, I am the Bronx. All right? Don't give me this Jewish mother shit, Andrew. I'll see you at the dugout. Well, yeah. Uh, shout out to Scott. Shout out to Andrew because... I like being a part of Bronx Pinstripes. I like being on a podcast. I don't want to fight, but hey, I, I'll uh, I'll watch um, JJ and Andrew go at it in some form of I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe you guys got to do like American Gladiators. That's what I was thinking. Some, where they have some type of uh, we got to find a thing nah. with like when you're on the platforms with like the big um, uh, like the big Q-tip things. And you the like, jousting. Like yeah, we've got to find like a place where you can do all of that stuff because we can't actually like fight each other because we're adults we're actually friendly and i'm not going back to prison for beating andrew up 
You're not going back? Yeah, right? You just got to say that stuff. Now Andrew in his head is like, shit, did he go to prison? I thought I had a Jewish mom, and that was tough. Mental war games. Um, <laughs> so, Andrew, I'll see you at the dugout on Saturday. Um, so what else is going on in the world of baseball? Speaking of fights, baseball had a fight. That was lit. I love baseball fights. Um, baseball players, I feel like as a whole, baseball players are at least getting a little better at fighting. Um, they are getting, you know, they weren't quite like, just when you think of like Robin Ventura, like throwing one punch and then Nolan Ryan just wrecking his face. Like these guys aren't good fighters, but we're starting to see some all out brawls. And we saw that with the pirates and the reds, Keith, I know you've actually like done some research into this. So, uh, recap what happened for the people. Well, I was, I was on Twitter as it was happening and, uh, Dietrich from the reds, I don't know. I guess I guess there's some history there. I haven't seen it, but Chris Archer must celebrate his strikeouts and I don't know, just do the most when he he pitches well. So Dietrich got the best of him, hit a bomb off of him, a and bomb like, like it, it was a no doubter, and like he pimped it for about five seconds. If there wasn't the fight, I would think Dietrich was still standing in the box looking at it. It's the longest I've seen someone. Look at a home run in Major League Baseball it's, in a long it's time. It's obnoxious. And the first thing I said, there was like a, a thread on Twitter that I was in. And the first thing I said was, that's cool until you got to get back in the box. And someone's like, already happened. Brawl going on right now. So Archer throws behind him. Bench is clear. You know, guys get warm. But the wild horse, Yasiel Puig, <laughs> he's comedy. I actually met Yasiel Puig back in the fan cave days. He's a big kid, but he tried to fight the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team. Did you see? I saw. Um, are you a Game of Thrones person? Do you watch Game of Thrones? I so I tried to I tried to get into Game of Thrones before the return of this season on the nineteenth. I think I watched the first four to five seasons. And fell off of it. So I, I'm aware of it. I know the characters. I know the premise. I'm five. I can't I'm say I'm five like Game of Thrones in. guys. I'm like, I'm binging. I never watched it before. So I'm five seasons in. But I saw there was a great picture. I think maybe Barstool had it where it was Puig like with his back, like his back facing all the pirates. And then there was one where I guess like at some point, like Jon Snow is just by himself facing a bunch of people. It yeah, was the same thing. That was thing. a great pick. Like, there was, it was a great pick. There's so many memes made with that pick because it's just Puig, like somewhere around home plate, and it looks like he's ready to fight in a war against however many guys he can take I on. I would fight Puig, Chapman, like all these Cuban guys. You cannot fuck with them. These guys got on like a raft in the, to like travel the ocean just for yeah. their freedom. You're not beating that guy in a fight. It's insane. No way. Yeah, no. The, I, you stay you stay clear of Yasiel Puig in any of that. Even if you know, it, we know it's not going to go down. Like I was kind of looking at this fight like uh, like NBA fights. Like these guys aren't going to really fight. But Puig looked like he wanted some action. He was about that life. Um, I think if the wrong person got into Puig's face, someone that he knew he didn't like or someone he knew he could knock out, we would have seen a, a clear punch. And he got two games. Archer got five games. But I was just like right before this podcast started listening to someone on MLB radio saying like, this is what the game needs. And I'm like, does it? It's entertaining, but we don't need guys getting suspended. And we don't need the games are already too long. We don't need this much stoppage time from a brawl breaking out in the benches clearing every game. So I agree that we don't need the um, like we, we don't need the fights. You know, if you're going to if you're going to have the fights like, you know, we'll get a fight here and there throughout the year. Like I was happy when, uh, you know, Tyler Austin got in a fight last year with Joe Kelly. Yeah. Like, I'll take that. You know, that gets your team fired up. I don't know what it does for the Reds and Pirates because they're basically playing quadruple A baseball as it is. But. When these guys are like pimping home runs, like we need that shit. I, you, yeah, the world baseball classic is only comes around every couple of years. Last year was a great one, and I think a big part of that was instead of it being like, oh, here's some MLB players, you know, trying this new thing, it had been established for a little bit, and the players felt more comfortable just being themselves. And it was Puerto Rico all bleach their hair. You're seeing, especially in a lot of the Latin uh, countries, they're just being themselves. They're being what the game is that they grew up around. 
Let's be loud. If I take you deep, guess what? I can talk shit. I can watch it because mm-hmm. I just took you deep. Um, if you are, I think you said someone said, you know, Chris Archer should moonwalk off the mound when he strikes someone out. I think if mm-hmm. you end the inning with a strikeout, yes, you should celebrate that because you just punch that guy out, especially if you get out of a jam. Like that was mano y mano. And instead of throwing punches, like throw a punch in the air because you're celebrating or whatever you're doing. I think it makes the game more exciting. I know there is the idea that, you know, everything around baseball is for kids because it is a game that, you know, you don't want to teach kids, um, you know, that kind of attitude. But you know what? You should celebrate the wins. Uh, I don't think that, like, I have a hard time. I know you're a football guy. I hate seeing a defensive back break up a pass when they're down by, like, 21 and then celebrate breaking up that pass. (laughs) Yeah, they just do it because they 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 can't wait to do it, but they're not thinking about the the clock or the scoreboard or the situation in the game. They're just thinking about me, me, me. Yeah, I'm talking. If it's a close game, big play, do that, celebrate that. Um, and so it, the same way in baseball, you strike out the second guy of the inning, you don't celebrate that. You still got work to do. You got to keep working till the work's done. Um, I think baseball it should have it. I'm getting kind of tired of the unwritten rules. Same. I'm tired of these Same. You old gotta white let these guys, guys telling us what to do. Yes. The, the motto or the hashtag, let the kids play, let these guys enjoy things. Let these guys have their moments. That is their chance to be Odell Beckham Jr. dancing in the end zone. That is their chance to be Steph Curry shimmying down the court after hitting a big three. Uh, LeBron beating his chest. Like That is their time to, okay, if you hit a bomb, Pimp it for five seconds. Everyone that watches baseball saw that clip. If you strike a guy out and, like you said, you punch a guy out, be fired up. I want to see that fire. I want to see that emotion. It adds some flair to Major League Baseball. It adds some style to the game. You brought up a great point with the World Baseball Classic. Like These guys from other countries, they didn't grow up here. They didn't come up under uh, America's pastime. They're playing the game with the the style and flair and whatever else they want to put into it. So I think I think it it will attract more people. Um, I understand being humble. I understand not showing up pitchers or whatever. But hey, if the pitcher shows you up, you can't wait to show him up. And these unwritten rules of you know even hey he he pimped that home run. You got to throw at him. Well, you you threw at him and you missed. So now what? You threw the ball behind him, and the bench is clear, and Archer can't play. He's uh, suspended five games. So what really did did Archer get out of that? He got uh, a ball blasted into the river, and it got one of the most epic pimp jobs we've ever seen, and now he's not going to be able to uh, make his next start. And at a certain point, now these aren't the most – you know, the highest paid players in the league. Puig makes nine and a half million. Um, the guy with the home run makes two million. Uh, Archer's making four million, four and a half million a year. You guys are millionaires getting in a fist fight because your feelings are hurt because you didn't do a good job. Don't care. Like, stop it. Be an adult, Archer. You know what? Strike him out or hit him. Hit him with the pitch. You, you miss him. Uh, you should be suspended for five games for just missing because you're a major right. league pitcher. You can't hit him. You're suspended. It should be double. It should be like five if you hit him. Or, you know, five if you hit him, ten if you miss. That should be the penalty. Did you really want to hit him? Or, like, I don't know. Did you mean to throw it like that? Were you scared to actually hit him? Did you want the benches to clear? That's another unwritten rule that, like, the benches have to clear. The guys from the bullpen have to come out. You don't want to be the last guy to join into the melee because then it looks like you're not about this team or you're soft. That Tigers fight last year with the Yankees, just seeing David Robertson run out from the bullpen is my favorite gif yeah. like on the yeah. internet. Um, seeing those guys come out like 10 minutes after, it's done, after the fight's over is always hilarious. D-Rob sprinting, that, that's another moment that was put in so many memes. I think I was working at Fubo at the time, and, and I made a meme right away, like when your boss says you can leave work early on Friday, and he's, he's sprinting through center field to get to home plate. Like, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's the uh, that's definitely like the summer Friday gift. Like, oh, we got half days yeah. on Fridays. We're out. Um, also, I'm going to steal your bit for a second here. Shout out to Graham Lloyd. For he has the all-time coming from the bullpen, running in, just throwing haymaker at uh, Armando Benitez. That's classic Yankees fighting. I mean, and see, today, I feel like we won't see that today. And 
No, because they're no, all that's fine. so much money. Like, what's the point in right. fighting when you have that much money? That's the same reason right. that Robinson Cano and David Ortiz, who are supposed to be bitter rivals when they're playing for the Yankees and the Red Sox, are 69ing in center field before the game. Right. Just, oh, let me give you a hug. Because they're homies. Yeah. Spit on they're each They're going to meet up at the country club. They're rich boys. They're friends. This stuff isn't that serious. Yeah. You know, the guys with nothing to lose, the guys that aren't really cashing out, man, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go knock out their best player. <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, it's just, it's tough when they have so much money to believe like many of these fights are real. Um, so I think this kind of brings up another um, kind of article that's out there floating around. Um as most people know, uh, Major League Baseball has had a hard time for a long time of interacting with the African-American community. Uh, I believe, like, last time I checked, it's only, like, 7 to 8% of Major League Baseball players are, you know, are black. Uh, and as a result, David Price has come out and criticized MLB by saying that they're not marketing African-American players correctly, specifically the reigning American League MVP, Mookie Betts. Um, I think when we look at kind of how fights like this start over, you're watching home runs, whereas I don't think that, that fight doesn't happen in the Dominican Republic and Cuba because that's what you do. You hit a home run, you watch it, you get around the bases. You know, maybe someone throws a ball at you next, but you don't, you know, you're not going to fight after that. Um, I think the idea of not marketing to these players you know, to the African-American community, I know there is the RBI program and Ryan Howard, you know, did a lot with that. And, you know, other prominent uh, black baseball players have tried to like, um, um, why am I blanking? Curtis Granderson is, is huge in this area. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's an important part of the game that we're definitely lacking. And uh, I figure, you know, since uh, I heard a rumor that you are black, you might have an opinion on this, Keith. The rumors are true. And yeah, of course I have an opinion on it. I played baseball growing up. I'm a baseball fan. Man, I remember being a young kid in Jacksonville visiting my cousins when we were young. And all they played was basketball in the heat, in the hood. And I had a baseball glove. And I would go outside my grandma's house and just throw the ball against the wall, field it, throw it against the wall, field it. And they would come by and be like, what are you doing with that? That's for white boys. We don't play baseball. Come to the court. We're about to play basketball. I'm coming from Ocean Township, New Jersey, where we did play baseball. It's just a disconnect. So now, fast forward all these years, right? And there's 8% African-American players in Major League Baseball. Maybe if I grew up around more people that were telling me it's okay to play baseball and not making it a white or black thing, or if Major League Baseball had more things, I don't know, like RBI, like players. I feel like growing up, Ken Griffey Jr. was Superman. I feel like they did a great job marketing Ken Griffey Jr. Everybody wanted to be Ken Griffey Jr., black, white, whatever. Now they, they missed a huge opportunity this year with that hashtag Let the Kids Play commercial that had Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stan, Christian Yelich, Shohei Otani. Uh, who else was in it? Lindor. Um, they could have put Mookie Betts in there. The Red Sox just won the World Series. He was the MVP. How do you miss that chance to put Mookie? And Mookie is a cool dude. I hate the Red Sox. I'm not a Boston fan, but I like that guy. He's, he's like really good at every sport. He's the type of guy that Major League Baseball should have a show on so people could learn about how, like how he came up, who he is, what he's about. He rocks the gold chain. He's got the Jordans. He is an African-American baseball player that should get more attention, more love, and be put in commercials and on front street. And I understand what David Price was saying. I, like, I met David Price. He's a good baseball player, has always been a good baseball player, and is definitely about putting African-Americans more in the front of baseball, the few of them that there are. I understand his argument. Um, I think Major League Baseball needs to do more in general you know, they like when they came out and said, oh, we, we need the players to market the players. We need the, the players to be committed to it. You know, like saying Mike Trout needed to do more. I don't believe that. I think Mike Trout does need to do more. I don't think he. Uh, nah, if that's he my guy. To, that's a Jersey guy. I'm standing up for him forever. If he wants to be marketed, I don't think Mike Trout wants to be marketed. I think Mike Trout wants to make his money to do his job, which is play baseball at the top level better than everyone else. Yeah. He doesn't want all yeah. the other stuff. Mookie Betts, on the other hand, who obviously as a person I hate because he's a Red Sox, but 
he I saw him mic'd up. They did in spring training. They'd have guys mic'd up for stuff. Yeah, he was great. Super entertaining. Um, anytime I've seen him in an interview, uh, super entertaining. He also like all star game. He bowls yep. 300 games like all the time. Like, he's a big bowling guy. Like that's his yep. deal. Um, he can dunk. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things. Um, so I, I do wonder because kind of a recurring theme of this show so far um, has been the concern over a possible work stoppage coming up. And so I do wonder if as part of this, we'll get we'll see more not just financial grievances that we've seen with free agencies but just overall cultural grievances that players maybe have uh, with the way the game's being spread. Because if you're going to head into a uh, you know, collective bargaining agreement at a certain point, the owners aren't going to give much more money to the players and the owners are going to keep making more money. Maybe there's something written into that where um, you have to allocate a certain amount of money to really, whether it's growing the RBI program or you know, whatever else it is, because baseball is an expensive sport. You need 18 people to, to really play a full game. You need a lot of equipment and things like that. But in uh, 1986, 19% of Major League Baseball was black. Um, in, right. in the 70s, some people said it was 27%, but that was really just like Cubans who no one could tell the difference because the whole country was kind of racist at the time. But um, you know, last year it was you know, in the eights. It was like 8-4. So um, you know, I think it's I an mean, important thing to watch over, over the next couple of years. We're coming up on Jackie Robinson Day, who broke the like color barrier. That's the whole thing people know Jackie Robinson for, right? No one broke the color barrier in football that we talk about, nobody or NFL that we talk about. Nobody talks about the NBA color barrier. It's baseball. It's Major League Baseball. We do a, we I, I think we do a good job of celebrating Jackie Robinson. There's statues. There's things named after him, and that also is because he he kind of died young and we lost him early. But there are living legends like Hank Aaron like Willie Mays, you could run through a list of guys that are um, from the past, African-American players from the past that are still living that we could put more light on, uh, that we could, I don't know, make a 30 for 30, do some more, like do just do some more work on, because that's where it starts. RBI program is cool, but that's not it. I, I actually volunteered when I was in the fan cave and went to see how like in New York these kids play in the RBI program. They had like a tournament at Randall's Island Park or something. I went and, and helped out with that. That's not what's getting kids to want to be into baseball and be fans of baseball. It's what they can see on the TV and what they can get on their phones. And baseball was behind with that digitally with the clips and the whole thing with the rights to the games being shown. But there's so many ways that Major League Baseball can do better and actually – Put some light on African-American players that are in the league, grow the game, maybe attract more young African-Americans to play the game, and then also cover the past heroes so that everyone knows about the Hank Aarons, the Willie Mays, and that time. They're just not doing it. Um, I don't know. They they changed the IL from DL, and that was the, the major change we saw. They got some some ways to go. I know they want too and they mean well but it, it's it's a long time coming i guess or it's it's far from uh coming today yeah i mean it, it'll be interesting to see um and you know as we watch these players kind of you know air their grievances i mean this year i mean this week uh donald trump shut down the uh players coming over from cuba i think there were yeah. 36 players that were going to be immediately available uh to them now it's a, a larger government issue wherever you stand on politics um i think we have way bigger issues than uh, whatever Donald Trump's doing with Cuban baseball players. Right. Like, there are way bigger things to do. But, you know, that's an area where, you know, the game is trying to grow. At the same time, though, the game, you know, Major League Baseball is um, lobbying to pay, you know, 16 cents to uh, minor league players. So that's kind of our collective bargaining grievances for the week. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I guess we should kind of, you know, wrap, you know, wrap things up by talking about we are in the uh, in the sports media world, and uh, big thing in New York sports media, Craig Carton going to jail for uh, it's going to end up. I think he got sentenced to like three and a half years. He'll probably end up serving maybe two. He'll probably mm -hmm. walk out right into a high paying job. Um, but he was on uh, Michael K this week and talked a little bit about um, kind of what happened, what his addiction was. I watched the full. I think it was like fifty one minutes. Um, I thought it was super interesting. Uh, I'm not a sports radio guy. Never really listened to it. I never listened to Mike and the Mad Dog. Never listened to Francesa. 
Um, you know, uh, I listen to like JJ on WFAN just because I'm friends with him. I played softball with him. So that's the only reason I listen to, to that. But um, as someone else who kind of like grew up in the New York area, when you see this and you see him actually, you know, go to Michael K, you know, instead of because WFAN wouldn't have him. Uh, what do you think about the, the way this whole thing shook out? I like that he went to Michael K. Rosenberg, Don Lagreca. Do you like Rosenberg? Uh, I, I'm fine with Rosenberg. Sometimes I don't know. I, I'm a Duke fan. He's a Duke hater, and he he does the uh, ESPN radio, and he also does Hot 97. And I consider myself a big sports and music guy, so I can't I can't avoid him. Um, I thought I Rosen, say that I'm, I thought Rosenberg made that the end of that interview about him. Oh, for sure he I, did. Because he, he like called him. him out. He called him out for saying that he knew him, or I guess they met at a softball game or didn't. And Rosenberg didn't waste any time to say, you know, that didn't happen. And I'm not a fan of yours. And I can't take you seriously because you said I was a fan of yours and that we met. And that's not true. It's like, who cares? That's that's so small. We're talking about this guy landing a helicopter on the top of the golden nugget to go gamble and play $15,000 a hand on blackjack all night and stealing people's money to keep that going. And uh, Rosenberg took that moment to say, hey, that wasn't true what you said about me. But I feel like he does that um, with everything. I used to listen to his wrestling podcast, but then it's just the Rosenberg show. Like It's just about him. Yeah. I mean, he's the greatest in his own mind. I guess you got to feel that way to, to do all the things he's done. Like I said, he's big in hip hop. He's on ESPN radio. And yeah, he has that presence in the WWE realm. Um, but he's the third wheel on that show. I, I think Michael K, Don LaGreca are great. I think they do a good job interviewing people. I listened to the Jim Dolan, um, the Knicks owner interview, and then I listened to that whole one yesterday. And they did a good job asking him the questions and really getting the answers from him. And I went to school for radio at Monmouth University. I was on WMCX. I consider myself a radio fan and a radio guy. And Carton, man, I didn't know any of this stuff about him when it was Boomer and Carton. And then you could watch their show on TV and then hear them on the fan. They were great. They were number one. And I felt like the chemistry between Boomer and Carton was great. And Carton had this, like, personality and this stick and this just, like, persona that worked so well for him. Uh, it's unfortunate to see it unravel because he had a gambling addiction. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it goes to show, like, addiction is real. It comes in all, uh, in all forms. It'll be interesting to see kind of, you know, what happens over the next couple of years because – um, as I watched it, I don't necessarily think, uh, he didn't come across to me as, as sorry as maybe you'd like someone to be in that situation. I think he's kind of going through the motions. He knows he fucked up. He knows he, uh, he got caught. Um, I don't, you know, hopefully he makes changes for his, you know, his kids and, and his family and all, and all that stuff. But, uh, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think he'll do maybe two years in jail in club fed and it's not, I mean, you're still, you got your rights taken away from you, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and, and where he lands because he did burn a lot of bridges with people and uh, the Michael K. show took him in to, uh, to do that yesterday, but they definitely didn't have to, and I wouldn't have been surprised if we found out that they said no. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, I thought it worked well. In the beginning of the inter interview, he did say something about why he, he I think he, he had the conversation with WFAN and he said they've been nothing but great to him. But he didn't feel like that was the right medium. But he, you know, he wanted to talk to New Yorkers and New York radio listeners and the people that basically made him who he was. Um, he wasn't going to do that on WFAN, so he took the opportunity on ninety-eight point seven ESPN Radio. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I didn't know all this stuff about uh, his gambling, and you know, he said something about you know his kid who I think uh, has Tourette's or. Yep. Yeah. Carton had. Carton has uh, Tourette's. His kid has Tourette's. He's big. He's done a lot of work in that community. Um, when all this came out, there was, of course, the like, well, was his, all his charity work fake, which was not fake. That came out. No, like, yeah, he, he, he said that, that wasn't stuff, fake. Yeah. But he did lean on that he was, um, I think, child molested or sexually abused young, and that that affected him and his mind and the things that he was doing. And the callers right after, I listened to the callers right after, nobody was buying it. I bought it. I, I'm, I'm a Carton fan. Uh, but the callers are saying, he, you know, he doesn't act like a guy that was sexually abused. He's too cocky. This is all a media play. He's saying all the right things. He's been coached and told what to say. He's, gonna, he's trying to position himself to go to jail and come back and get back on the air and be this, you know, great big talk show host again. So, uh, so we'll see. I mean, 
Everyone makes mistakes. I feel like in 2019, we're very forgiving and we give people second chances because we've seen so many people fuck up that like this is just the next one in line. And he said he never was trying to hurt anyone. And I guess he didn't really hurt anyone besides himself and his family uh, and the you know families of the people that he was stealing money from. But it's crazy, man. He said he told on air, he told Boomer, hey, if you give me $10,000, I'll bring you $25,000 back tomorrow. And he did it. And then he became this like blackjack savant and had a bunch of people reaching out to him in the New York area where there's a bunch of people that would you know, get in contact with you to give you $10,000 and get a $15,000 return on that. And that just made it worse. I, I've been to Atlantic City so many times. I was just down there a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't imagine walking through the casino floor and seeing him with like $100,000 more on the table. Um, you couldn't even see him. doing it big in, like he that. He was in private rooms. Um, and he even said, he said, yeah, you know, I said, if you give me $10,000, i will give you back twenty five. And he even said, Boomer gave him ten, he gave him back twenty five, but he had made eighty. So like he was, you know, right that night. But yeah. yeah, but you end up you end up losing a lot. It's a tough one. Uh, people do end up in this situation in real life. I'll give you a quick story that I actually did a whole hour podcast on. When I started writing at Barstool, it was very small, and then there were people who just come to events all the time. So you end up meeting them. I mean, I'm sure the same thing happens at Bronx Pinstripes. Shout out to everyone that I met in Baltimore. Um, so many people were there. It was great. Um, and so there was these couple of guys who me and KFC uh, became friendly with. One, Connor, who's Captain Cons, who hosts uh, Zero Block 30, a military podcast. The other one was this guy, John Fratt. And he, uh, they hung out at like everything. We became friends with them because when you're meeting all these people, if you have a couple familiar faces, it's good to talk to. And um, I got engaged. Um, you know, Kevin got, Kevin got engaged, got married. I got engaged. I'm getting married. John got engaged. He's getting married. And, um, you know, we always talked about, like, regular stuff. You know, oh, work was a pain in the ass today. We'd go to events together. Uh, I went to Yankee games with John, you know, because he'd be like, hey, work, you know, my work tickets, I got them, come. Uh, then we're going to a Knicks-Nets barstool event we're hosting at Barclay Center. Can't get in touch with John. We're all going to meet up. Can't get in touch with him. All of a sudden, his fiance reaches out to us. Uh, everything about his life was a lie. Never had a job was opening credit cards in his uh, fiance's name, ran up over $60,000 worth of debt, hadn't paid their rent in, uh, in months. She would write him a check. He would then take that and come to hang out and spend with us and just got himself in this thing where it ended up like he wrote like a suicide note. We went over to his house to try to like find him with the cops and stuff. Luckily, the guy ended up living. Never talked to him again. He never got back to us. He just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, you know, went through a whole legal thing. Like we never saw him. He is alive, but that shit happens. It happens in real life. It's one of the craziest things I ever went through. Like showing up with cops to like open your buddy's apartment thinking he might be dead in there. And that's, you know, it happens to people all the time. So if you are battling any kind of addiction, definitely get help. Yeah. I feel like we we hear that story every year. Even the, it's kind of similar to the, the fire festival guy who thought he could just keep borrowing money and, ordering things and building things out and it's like that's an addiction man. I don't, you're addicted to i don't feel you're bad addicted for to that something guy. i don't feel bad for that i don't guy. feel bad for because that guy that either i had like 90 different schemes um yeah he, but he was addicted to that like the money scheme and thinking that he could figure it out and just robbing peter to pay paul and doing one thing after the other that was just burying him deeper so, Keith, one thing that I think we need to do in the coming episodes, though, totally unrelated to this, being out there in Baltimore talking uh, to our listeners, we got to pick another movie for you to watch. So many people came up to me and said, how did Keith never watch Bull Durham? I just went back and watched it. They went back, watched it, had a great time. <laughs> so we're going to have to pick out, while you're at Coachella, you know, or you think, if you think of beforehand, uh, figure out a movie from the movies you haven't seen. We'll all rewatch it. We'll talk about it because uh, you're driving some conversation out there. Colleen from Bronx Pinstripes had never seen it. She just watched it, told me today how great it was. Um, you're changing people's lives here. You're opening up baseball to, to more people. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, man. I, I want people to get to know me. I want people to know that, like, growing up, I wasn't watching baseball movies. Um, and I'm also black. Like, we, we're not watching Bull Durham in my house. Like, it's just not a thing. Like, I didn't grow up watching Field of Dreams. I do want to run Field of Dreams. Uh, there's another one that I wanted to watch again. 61, a lot of people. 61's um, really about. good. That might be on like um, HBO, like HBO Go or HBO Now or something like that, because it was an HBO movie. 
Yeah, so maybe through the through the season we'll we'll start picking out movies. Uh, let's say Field of Dreams. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it by next episode. No, not but... even by next episode. I just want people to know because so many people who probably I didn't meet probably had the same feeling of like, hey, this is great. This is a great conversation. Um, yeah. So what we'll do, though, is instead of us springing it on them that we watch it, we'll tell them that we're going to watch it, and then we'll talk about okay. it. So everyone, as you listen every week, just get ready. We'll tell you what we're going to watch next. We just got to figure out what we can watch uh, what we can watch and where. So um, that's all that we have for this week. I mean, the Yankees are back to 500. When you're listening to this tomorrow, hopefully we're a game over 500. If you're coming out on Saturday, uh, I'm going to be at the Bronx Pinstripes event. Keith is going to be at Coachella. So if you see a guy without a shirt on, it could be him. But Keith will be at the remaining uh, Bronx Pinstripes events throughout the season. So if you haven't gotten to meet him yet, um, he will. I think he'll have a shirt on and Yankee State. We don't know. It's, it gets hot up there in the Bronx. You never know. Tank season. I'll have the tank on. Nice. Keith, what, you got anything else for the people before we let them go? Um, Still bummed about missing the first Bronx Pinstripe event, but you guys should all be there. Everyone knows for the hundredth time that I'll be at Coachella. I will see you soon. I plan on hitting Star Wars night, a couple other games. I, I think I want to hit that Red Sox series when I first come back. Uh, this is the fourth episode, the Lou Gehrig episode. We're four for four, more hits than Chris Davis, for sure. Um, appreciate the support. Thanks for listening, rating, subscribing, uh, getting to number nine last week on our first day on our own feed. Like, that's super lit. I had no idea we were going to get that popping. So let's keep going with it. Uh, the Yankees are 500. We're going to be with you every week through this thing. Come back, support George's Box. JJ and I will build out the Instagram and Twitter. We'll keep it rolling. Chase for 28 is still on. Pinstripe Pride. We'll see you at the parade and all that. So, yep. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at George's Box Pod. Follow us on Instagram at George's Box Pod. You can follow Keith at Keith underscore McPherson on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at JJ from the Bronx, both on Instagram and Twitter. We really do appreciate it if every single person could tell another Yankee fan to give this show a shot. Rate us five stars. Subscribe. Retweet when you see us tweet out about the show. Uh, without you, it won't go anywhere, and we really do appreciate your help. Uh, make sure you get your PTO in nice and early, because we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.